0: This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. With specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, g'day. It's Maddie C here, host of the Astro League. Welcome in to this great mini-series on fantasy football for beginners. This is part one, and I'm glad to have you along. What I've discovered in my time here in podcast land is that I've run into a lot of people who are either just kind of newly experiencing the NFL or they've been an NFL fan for a while and haven't tried fantasy. And I think for both of these people, fantasy is a great thing because for the person who's new to discovering NFL, it really does give you great access to discover players and teams. And for someone who's already got a favorite team, I think it just helps use that knowledge to do something extra fun with it. So, this is going to be a series of shows around how to begin because if you've never played before, it can probably seem a bit daunting and like there's a whole nation of people out there who all know what they're doing and you don't know what you're doing. So, this mini series is going to be through at least four parts at this stage. I wanted to go through in today's show what it is. Who are the positions? How do they score? And then in future episodes, understand what the preseason tasks are like and how to approach maybe trying to do a mock draft. In part three, starting to get together the values of actual players and maybe how to rank them and how to go about creating an actual team. And then in part four, a whole bunch more about roster management through the season and approaching the daunting business of trading. So let's not get too far down the garden path yet. Let's start right at the beginning. What is fantasy football? Just don't lose it. This is the Astro League. Your Astro League podcast. Fantasy football. Yeah, boy! Now, this is a game, so it's meant to be fun. It's a game that takes things that people do on the football field, they get measured, so there's stats. And these stats have values assigned to them. That way, the more a player does it, we can accumulate those stats and values to give you a score for that player in the game. Then... Because you've got a team selected of players from an agreed range of positions who are playing in the NFL on the weekend, accumulating those numbers and, and those values to give you a score, it gives your total team a score. The competition you're playing in is called a league and it's going to pit your team and their score up against another team, just one, selected by another participant in your league and you two are just going to go head to head. The winner of that head to head is the team who accumulate the most points in that week of NFL games. And these leagues, they're going to have a predetermined number of participants. Generally, it's 10, maybe it's 12. And every single one of these teams will select what they choose to be the best lineup each week from players on their roster. And they'll play head to head matchups over an agreed period to determine who qualifies for their playoffs and then ultimately who goes on to win their league championship. Hopefully, that's not too confusing. But what I want to do is, before we get to championships, because they're a little way down the track, let's start at the beginning. Like any sports league, you're going to need to know some stuff, right? You have to have teams who can compete. You have to have a scoring structure. You have to have a time frame for teams to compete against each other for. And you have to have a way of making competing teams all have a fair chance to build their team. I don't think there's a better example for this than the NFL, considering fantasy football is out there to mimic a lot of this. What we know about the NFL is every year, 32 teams are going to front up to try and play. It's been the case for about 20 years now. Scoring is going to be measured in four ways. Touchdowns, conversions, field goals and safeties, they're all worth different amounts. Each team is going to play 16 times in the regular season. Each time is going to be a 60-minute game. It's going to be once a week. And lastly, each team, before the next season starts, is going to get a chance to select the newest eligible players to the league into their roster who will be available just to play for their team only. Now, fantasy football mimics a heap of these principles. Essentially, it makes you a head coach, general manager, owner of your own team, much in the way that these positions exist in administering your own favorite sports team. So, where do we start? Well, just like these teams, you've got to be in a league, right? So, let's start there. There's no shortage of places to play. Like here at the Astro League, we play on NFL.com fantasy. There's a dozen or more reputable sites to play on, and all of which will have pretty easy to navigate websites, or they might have a mobile app. They're also going to have half a dozen or more folks who are analysts or contributors and they're going to offer news on players, insights to how to build lineups, help or even guidance on how to start. And then also as the season unfolds, i will give you more tips and information along the way. Places you can get it are like ESPN, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, Yahoo, CBS Sports, NFL.com. I mean, there's just a scrape of the surface. There's tons of them out there. But if you're new to it, starting up can probably seem pretty daunting. There's a whole nation of people who know what they're doing and you're new. So, at the very beginning, you're just going to need to join a league and there's probably a little to know to find one that's going to really suit your comfort level. But for a brand new beginner, starting in a standard 10-team league is probably the best place. That's you and nine other aspiring owners all looking to win a championship. Now, the default on NFL.com Fantasy will see you play a schedule of 14 games Just weekly matchups, head head-to-head where you get a schedule of who else in your league you get to play against and your score accumulated will be measured against that team's score accumulating and the highest score at the completion of the games in the NFL for that week will get the win. Everyone's weekly scores will then reset before getting a couple of days to adjust your lineup or roster ahead of meeting a new opposing team and then just complete the same process of having your team rack up points. Whoever has the most points between you and your opponent wins. This just goes on for 14 weeks until the season's over. And then there's a whole thing about playoffs, which we can get into in the future. Now, you've joined your 10-team standard league. What happens next? The first thing you're looking at here is now you're going to have a page, and it's just going to be empty. It's got spots for names. It's got spots for scores. It's got a whole bunch of weird abbreviations and, and really nothing else. This is your new home. This is your roster page. But why don't you have any players? Look, when you first arrive, the cup is going to be bare because, well, everyone's is, and there's a process of filling your team up. It mimics what the NFL teams do as well. They participate in a draft, and you will too. But your roster page, it's a breakdown of two parts. Typically, you're going to get your starting lineup at the top, and then a few bench spots below. All of the owners are going to have the same page, and it's going to have the same nonsense-looking one- to three-letter codes beside 14 to 16 slots. Now, typically on NFL fantasy, it will be 14 and you'll get quarterback. That's QB. Running back. There'll be two of them. RB. Wide receiver. There'll be two of them. WR. Tight end is TE. Flex. FLX. Yes, it's a flexible starter. We'll dive into that in a little bit. K is for your kicker. DEF or DST, depending on your provider, is for defense and special teams for a whole NFL team. And then... Lastly, you get a myriad of spots, BN for bench. Some of these, or maybe all of these, are going to sound familiar. And in today's show, we're going to break down who they are, what they do in the NFL, and what they do in fantasy that's valuable. And in future shows, we'll go into some of the other details around how to build a good team. In any week, you're looking to start in those named spots, the players you think can score the most points for your team in that week against that one opponent who you're facing in the league. Good money, we don't have any players yet. I know, I know, but easy does it. Temper, temper your expectations here. We'll get to your team superstars soon enough. What we need to do now is look at the roster positions that you're going to need to fill, right? Because you've got to choose players in those aforementioned positions in the draft. 14 to 16 rounds where each team in turn gets to choose one unowned player and in alternating rounds, the order that people are choosing in is just reversed. They're often called a snake draft because, really, the process looks a lot like a snakes and ladders board. And what it means is that the order going in one round is completely flipped, coming back the other way in the other round. Now, this isn't the same as the NFL. The idea is kind of the same, but the process is a little different. So, in the NFL, if you are a terribly performing team, you get an earlier pick in the first round. You get to try and find the player you think will improve your team the most first. And teams that are more successful, like the guys who played in the Super Bowl, are going to get to pick last in the first round. Where this differs from the NFL is then in the second round, that terrible team, my terrible team, the Jaguars, are going to then also have the first pick in the second round. so it just resets, kind of like the old typewriter thing or you know i 'm sure I'm showing my age. but in fantasy it 's completely different. We all start with nothing. So the great thing is you can get creative with how to choose your order, and once you 've chosen your order you know how that first round's going to look. And that's going to be true of every odd numbered round because in the even numbered rounds, you're going to go in reverse order. So, for instance, say you were to get the number one pick. First choice in the first round, you get to pick from the entire litter, the whole list because no one's owned yet. But yeah, after your pick, all other nine owners will get to make their choice in order. And then in the second round, the team who had the last choice in the first round is going to choose immediately again to start that second round. And by the time it's your choice again, you'll be the last pick in that second round. Everybody else will have two players on their team except for you. Now, never fear. There is a galaxy of star players still left to choose from. It's just a galaxy when 19 of the brightest have already been plucked. But you've got that last choice in the second round and you're going to get first choice in the third round. So, you know, on it goes and it does make it fairly fair. Now, your duty with these choices is to select the best squad of players across all the available positions to help you start a lineup that can just score you the most points possible in weekly doses. We can get into the weird science of player values in a future episode, but for now, let's just understand the positions, what they are, what they do, how they score. And I think everyone wants to start a quarterback because they're often the most spoken about players in the league. They're often the ones who win the most awards. They're even spoken about on unsuccessful teams the most. They're almost always the highest earning player You know, they're going to be important on your fantasy team too. But quarterbacks are a super interesting position in a standard 10-team fantasy league because they can score in a bunch of ways. So, sure, you know, if you just like Tom Brady or whoever the quarterback of your favorite team is, you can just go and get that guy, put him on your team. No judgment here. It's nice to have players that you like. In a standard league on NFL fantasy, here is how you accumulate points at the quarterback position. So, you know, they pass. That's what we see them do. We see them chuck up these balls, glorious balls that get caught by people, and you score one point for every 25 yards that ball gets advanced from the line of scrimmage. That's four points for every 100, or if you want to break it the other way, it's four hundredths of a point for every single yard. And most sites will score in decimals probably too deep like that. You also see quarterbacks pass touchdowns. Now, that's going to be worth four points to your quarterback in fantasy. It's worth six points on the NFL field, but in fantasy, it's worth four. Be aware, though, quarterbacks do that a lot, but they can also do some destructive things. So, if they're tackled with the ball before they can pass it, it's called being sacked, it'll cost you two points. If they throw the ball to one of their teammates, it doesn't hit their teammate. In fact, a guy from the other team catches it, it's an intercept they're turning the ball over to the other team and that's worth two points off your score as well. The other thing the quarterback can do that's quite destructive is that if they're tackled and they lose the ball and that ball is collected by a member of the other team and they've turned the ball over to the other team again, that's a fumble loss and that's also two points off. So, looking for a quarterback who can pass a lot, rack up lots of yards, pass a bunch of touchdowns and avoid all that negative stuff, that's what you're looking for right there. Quarterbacks can also do more things that are positive too because there's a whole bunch who run with the ball. And in the NFL, they call that rushing. Rushing yards are one point per 10 yards. There are also touchdowns for rushing as well. If you can run the ball into the end zone, you get six points for that. So, you see that the points per yard are higher and the touchdowns are worth a bit more when you run the ball instead of passing. Now, an NFL quarterback isn't thinking about that the way he plays his game on a Sunday, he's just not thinking of fantasy points. He's just thinking about winning that game, right? But it does add an absolute layer of value to a quarterback who's willing to do these things a few times a game in fantasy compared to an average passing-only sort of quarterback. It does also come with a higher injury risk, though, too, because you can tackle a player running with the ball a bit differently to how you can tackle a guy who's trying to pass it. Now, guys who pass a lot and accumulate a lot of passing numbers include names you're going to know. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes... Probably Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan deserve a mention. Some of these old guys, too, like Philip Rivers and Drew Brees used to be quite, you know, prolific passers, and Ben Roethlisberger's been trying to chuck it around the last 12 months. And some of these fellows, like, they accumulate some points, but they also maybe aren't as attractive in fantasy because while the passing bit's fine, the rate that they get sacked or intercepted or lose a fumble might be a bit higher than others. Some of the players who accompany their passing with a bit of rushing, though, are guys like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. Russell wilson anyone remember dak prescott now many of these fellas have good to average passing numbers but once you add in the rushing element some of them might even be more valuable than some of those big name passes it means that really there's no wrong answer if you're just choosing a guy you like but if you do want to get scientific and try and find a guy who's just going to be super super valuable just know that there's more than one way to skin a cat here the other thing to know about quarterback is that they are Bountiful. Plenty of them. You're in a 10-team league. They are in a 32-team league. So, even if every team in your league has their quarterback in their starting spot and then they've squirreled one away on the bench, what it means is there's, that's barely half of the guys who are available that are going to start for their teams most weeks. And each of these guys are going to handle the ball between 60 and 80 times. So, my point here is, Even the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 25th best guy is going to score your points. And even those guys get matchups against teams that they can just, you know, out of the blue, just chuck a great game against one week and score your bucket load of points out of nowhere. So if you find in the course of your season that your quarterback, he's a superstar, but then, you know, he has to miss a game because he got hurt or, you know, uh oh, he's got a buy coming up, don't panic. There'll always be a quarterback you can find to throw into that spot like a babysitter. We'll just look after things for that period of time until the real grown-up gets back to take that job over and do an admirable enough job just to get you by. Last season in fantasy, standard scoring, the top point scoring quarterbacks were guys like Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, to Sean Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, That's enough to start a quarterback for every team in a whole league. And the cool thing about that was there was a real mix. There were some passes, guys who just statues throw from the pocket, guys who pass and run who were on that list of guys who can just add a bit of extra value. But there, there were even guys who weren't mentioned on either of those lists before, Tannehill and Herbert. So, you get guys who were surprise packets as well. I think we could go further on quarterbacks when it comes to working out how to value them, and we'll come back to that in the future. Just good to know how they work and that there is a couple of ways to be successful there. The next position that we're going to talk about, not as plentiful. It's running back. And your starting lineup's is going to need two of these at least. These are the guys who you'll see. They'll line up beside or maybe behind the quarterback and then they'll get the ball handed to them, chucked to them, or maybe they get down the field a bit and get it passed to them to try and advance the team's field position. Some of these guys are huge, and they're just battering rams. Just, their job is just to run into the pile of big guys and try and get the ball as far forward as they can doing that. But other guys, a bit like me, a bit smaller, and a bit shifty and a bit nimble, and they like to get into space away from the big crush. But I guess running back scoring is the important bit here, and it looks like this. You're going to get a point for every 10 yards of rushing. That's a tenth of a point for every yard or 10 points for every 100 yards. Just like with the quarterbacks, rushing in a touchdown here is also worth six points. And also, just like a quarterback, if the way that they can hurt you the most is having the ball dislodged while they're getting tackled, the other team picks it up. It's a lost fumble. It'll cost you two points. So, a back who runs 100 yards in a game gets 10 points. They score a touchdown that same game. Now, they're on 16. That's a great day. And every NFL team has got a stable of three to five backs who are going to be eligible to be in your fantasy team. But, you know, we've got to work out who the worthwhile guys are. And this is where knowing the scoring rules is going to matter. Most websites are going to use a bonus called PPR. It means point per reception. And reception is really just a fancy way to describe when a player catches a pass. Your league is either going to score a full point, a half a point, Or no point and these just get spoken about in terms of being a full ppr a half ppr or non-ppr i mean understanding that distinction really matters but it's pretty simple there so let's just take your running back who just had that 16 point day right let's say he caught four passes got an extra 20 yards right in ppr full ppr four catches four more points now he's on 20 yards he got 20 yards one point for 10 yards, so, so two more points. And now, he's on 22 points. That's a terrific day. Excellent. I'd love 22 points from my running back. In half PPR, okay, so, instead of four points for the catches, it's two because you're getting four of them at half a point. You're still getting two points for the yardage. So, now it's 16 plus two plus two. Okay, 20 points. Good day out. In non-PPR, you're getting no bonuses at all for the catching. It's just for that 20 yards of receiving, so, 18 points. Now, that running back didn't do anything different between those three leagues. It's just how those scoring systems react. In one league, he's worth 22. and In another league, he might be worth 18. He didn't do anything different. So, knowing the scoring matters because that's just changed that one player's outlook by four full points. Now, some backs are the guy, that real bull of a guy, gets the ball 20 times, rush, 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 pound, pound, pound. Some backs are the kind of guy who get out there and they don't even do that that much. They are mainly in the game to be a bit of a passing option and... Just give the quarterback somebody else to look at and depending on the scoring settings around PPR, the guy who is the passing target player can sometimes wind up being as valuable or more than the running back who is just the smashing or battering ramp running it into the pack 20 times. I'm going to give you a real-life example from 2020 about how this works, right? Most football fans are going to know a guy named Alvin Kamara. He plays for the New Orleans Saints. He is, well, gee, in our league, he was the number one scoring fantasy running back last year. He couldn't be more different from the guy who came second. And most football fans will know a guy named Derek Henry. He's the enormous running back for the Tennessee Titans. So, because these players finished as number one and two, I think they're really, really great to use as an example. And we use half PPR. So, here's the experiment. You ready? Get a pen and paper. Derek Henry, he rushed for 2,027 yards. That is a mile of yards. That's so many yards. That is 202.7 points. Alvin Kamara rushed for 932. That's only 93 points. 202 plays 93. Who would you rather on your team? Okay, okay. Maybe we should add in touchdowns. Derrick Henry scores 17 touchdowns. That's 108 points. It's pretty good. But Alvin Kamara pretty much matches him. He has 16 touchdowns for 102 points. For those playing at home, the running total, Derrick Henry has 310. Alvin Kamara has 195. Cool. Still not close. It is a gulf between them. But here's where Kamara took that gap, ran it down, and got ahead. He had the ball thrown at him 107 times. Now, you don't get points for having it thrown at you, but you do get something for catching it. In Astro League, he got a half a point for 83 separate occasions he caught that ball. He then also made 756 extra yards after he caught it. And he added five more touchdowns. So, in real terms, 83 half points is forty-one and a half. 756 yards is 75.6 points. And five six-point touchdowns is 30 more. That is 147.1 points from the passing element of his game. How did Derrick Henry go on the same things? I mean, all of a sudden, you got Kamara at about 338 points. Derrick Henry, who was already at 310, 19 catches, 114 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah, so 9.5 points for those 19 catches, 11.4 for the 114 yards, and 0 for the touchdowns. That's only 21 points. So, all of a sudden, Kamara has outrun Derek Henry in total point scoring because the receiving made up that gap. Now, these two are both at the top of fantasy scoring tree in Astro League, and as you look down the list of scorers, and much like a QB, you can see that the list has superstars left and right, guys like that. Some you'll also notice are kind of quiet achievers and they're not household names. If all 10 teams need two running backs to fulfill those two running back spots in their lineup, you'll be happy to have a superstar name or two. But if you can look beyond the Dalvin Cooks and Ezekiel Elliott's and Josh Jacobs's of the world, guys who scored in the same region of points who aren't as sexy sounding include guys like the Jaguars running back, James Robinson. Now, he averaged 14 points a game. Washington had two running backs in this list, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, who both averaged 11 and 9.5 points respectively. Unreal. The Colts running back, Naeem Hines, who averaged 10 points a week, also up there. So, all of these guys finished in the top 25 in running back over the 2020 season for total points, which all makes them either useful as someone who you could start as your second running back or someone who you could start in your flex. We'll talk about flex in a moment. I want to get into the other position eligible for flex now too because it's a position that's close to my heart. Now, it's wide receiver because I was one. And some of these guys are flashy and fun. They'll catch an 80-yard bomb, get the touchdown, get the 80 yards, get the point for the reception if you play that way and score 14 or 15 points on the one play. Other guys are a bit more gritty and will have 10 catches for 60 yards and win a lot of small battles and still score you that 15, 16 points just in a different way. So, like with running back, knowing your PPR settings gonna matter here. The player who caught the most passes last year was a Buffalo wide receiver. His name Stefan Diggs caught one hundred and twenty-seven passes. Now, depending on if you're in a full PPR, a half PPR, or non PPR, that stat will net you one hundred twenty-seven points, or sixty-one and a half, or zero. So that's PPR, and you have got to understand that, but. Putting that aside, the other ways that wide receivers can score are that they get a point for 10 yards of receiving, same as how running backs get that for rushing. It's 10 points per 100. It's a tenth of a point per yard. They also get six points for catching a touchdown the same way running back or a quarterback will get six points for running one in. So, it's much less common than a quarterback or a running back, but a wide receiver can also lose points and it's good to know because it doesn't happen all the time, but it's just good to know it can happen. If a wide receiver makes a catch... Turns up into the open field, gets tackled, ball pops out. The other team picks it up. That lost fumble will cost you two points. And it probably happens maybe twice a week in the NFL. So, not all the time considering how many passes get thrown. But it's good to know that it can happen. And much like running back, a wide receiver who has that 100 yards of receiving, also gets a touchdown, is going to score 16 points the same way. And that's a very good day. Then you have to add in how many points they get per reception if you're scoring in that kind of league. So, it's just worthwhile to know that's the nuts and bolts of how they score. In 2020, 16 different players scored around about 1,000 yards or more of receiving. There was also a list of 16 guys who caught eight or more touchdowns, and some guys were on both those lists. But most of the guys on these two lists are pretty well-known players. Occasionally, though, you do see the odd player who's not so popular and well-known just kind of sneak in, sort of like we saw with running back and sort of like we saw with quarterback. And the examples here are Raiders wide receiver Nelson Aguilar who caught eight touchdowns. And Robbie Anderson, the Panthers wide receiver who had 1,096 yards. Now, gladly here, given how many teams will give three or more players at this position a lot of playing time, it really is much easier to find a productive and point-scoring player at wide receiver than it is at running back. But just worth knowing because you're still going to have to fill two slots and one or other of those positions is going to be eligible for your flex. Before we get to the flex, though, the next position is tight end. TE, generally a larger, more solidly built guy. This guy's meant to be capable of blocking another big guy to try and help, you know, running back punch through, or to try and protect the quarterback to pass. But they're also capable of just popping out there, catching a ball, and are meant to be fast enough to go and do something with it after they've caught it. But like a quarterback, you only need to start one each week. And from me to you, thank goodness, tight ends are like cars, right? Almost all of them are Toyotas or Hyundais, and you get some that are a bit upmarket versions of a nice daily drive. And then there's almost none that are Ferraris. (laughs) Last season, there were two guys who I would say were Ferraris. One was the head and the other was the shoulders above everybody else, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Then the guys in that upmarket version of a daily drive, I guess, the guys like Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, we saw Robert Tonyan catch a bunch of touchdowns and and have a nice year in total. But, I mean, then everything else of that is like... Look, tight ends score the same way as receivers, right? So, receiving yards and touchdowns, but also be aware of your PPR setting here because that'll impact tight ends too. The most prolific tight ends, those guys who are in that upmarket to Ferrari, they catch between 60 and 100 passes a year, over 16 games. That's only four to six a week. It means that the average tight end is less productive than that. And I just think, yikes, right? Right. And, I mean, like a Ferrari or a really nice upmarket car, you're going to have to pay up for it. You're going to have to use a pick earlier in the draft to go and find one of those guys because they don't grow on trees. And I think we should be thankful and glad that we're just trying to fill a 10-team league here because trying to find 16 startable tight ends in the Astro League, we've got 16 teams, is a nightmare. Now, the next spot we talked about a little bit is the roster spot called Flex. It's a flexible position. In an NFL standard league, the league will allow you to start either a running back or a wide receiver in that slot. So, like we said before, if you are in a league where you've started it up, you're inviting friends, you're the commissioner of that league, you can actually change the settings of the flexible position to open up more eligibility. In Astro League, a few years ago, we opened it up to include tight end as eligible for flex. The strategy here, though, no matter what is eligible, is fairly simple. You've just got your choice of any eligible player to go into that spot. And I think what we'll discover, too, in a future show is that the position really does have a bit more flexibility and functionality around what you're considering, because there's some deeper strategy to consider, like schedules that Flex comes in handy for. We don't want to put the car before the horse, so we'll approach that one later on. Really, these last two positions, people talk about as throwaway positions. Kicker. And the defense special teams now kickers in a standard league well they score in three ways they can convert an extra point after a touchdown that's a point in the nfl and it's a point in fantasy they can kick a successful field goal and that's worth three points in nfl and it's three points in fantasy The third way is that there's a bonus for kicking a field goal of more than 50 yards. That scores five points in fantasy, only three points in the NFL. But, you know, in fantasy, that's almost equivalent to scoring a rushing or receiving touchdown. So, pretty valuable. Kickers can also do some negative things too. And if they miss any attempt, extra point, field goal, no matter what distance, you're going to lose a point. It's truly the only position in your fantasy lineup that has utterly no control over when they go on the field or how many points their effort is going to be worth when they kick it. They're going to kick it the same whether it's an extra point or whether it's a 30-yard field goal. And those two things are going to be worth different points in the NFL. But their effort's going to be the same, their difficulty is the same, and their energy is going to be the same. Truly, the strategy here, I think, is really unclear because it can be hard to predict. Really, I think, if you have a hunch that a team is going to be in scoring position often, that's a good kicker to go and get. Lastly, defense and special teams. And and look, this position, it's got so many levers. It can score so many ways. And it can be a little scary because it can be hard to understand. There's a sliding scale for defense in how many points another team will score against them. You can score as few as minus four if you have a terrible day on defense and the other team racks up more than 35 points on you. You can also score plus 10 if you hold a team completely scoreless. So, it's a big range. There's also a siding scale for how many yards a defense will allow. And you can score as many as plus two points for having less than 200 yards scored on you. But then you can also lose as many as two points for having more than 500 yards racked up on you. And then there's a range of actions. These are like events that can score two points. If you sack the QB, tackle him before he can pass it. If you intercept one of his passes, you catch it instead of the guy he was aiming at. If you knock the guy over, the ball comes out and you collect it. They're all worth two points and there's a fourth way. If you tackle a player from the attacking team in their own end goal, in their end zone, that's worth two points too and they call that a safety. Then there's a couple of things that a special teams unit can do worth six points. So, if I kick the ball to you from a kickoff or I'm punting and I kick it to you and you catch that ball and then run all the way in on that same play for a touchdown, that's worth six points. The other things that a defense can do to score six points are if that intercept pass or that fumble recovered on the same play gets collected and taken in for a touchdown, they're also worth six points. Like a quarterback, a tight end and a kicker, you're only starting one of these every week and there's 32 in the pond. So heaps to pick from. That is nine starting slots. Now, depending on where you play, there's going to be between five and seven bench spots. So for however many positions you've got, total that's how many rounds your draft's going to be you need to be able to leave that draft with one person in every slot you're going to want the best range of players to be available to you here for swapping in and out of your starting lineup the players stored here aren't going to contribute to the score that you put up that week though. only scores from players in those nine starting slots are going to contribute to the total that you're going to get that week and you're going to have to decide who goes into those slots before they start their game so be wary of what time players play Here is a good place to really take a breath, though, I think, because we've got a great understanding of getting you into a league. We've got to a point where we can understand what the roster looks like. We've also had a quick look at who can start in each position and even some appreciation for how they're going to score points. There's going to be other parts of this series, too. This is just part one, and I want you to come back for part two because in part two, we're going to tackle the next steps. Like, There's more things to do in the preseason. We want to begin to look at how you might mock draft a team. Get the practice of drafting a team without having the pressure of knowing you've got to keep it. And I think that's really important. After that, in part three, we really probably should explore what value to put on a player and get your pre-draft ranking ready for a real-life draft day. And then in part four, after we've drafted and we've got a team, we're starting to play games. Let's look at roster management. How do you use some of these roster positions in your bench? And let's talk about the big scary demon of trading because trading players can seem a bit daunting as well. But look, hopefully this guide... To beginning fantasy football. It's gonna be useful. Whether it's for someone who's an NFL fan, who's always wanted to give it a bit of a whirl but didn't know where to start, or maybe it's for someone who's just kind of stumbled into the NFL, wants to get to understand it a bit more. I think this really does truly give a bit of familiarity with teams and how teams behave and helps expose you to players that you can hit your wagon to and make your favorite players. But look, if you've got any questions about where we're at so far, find us. We're on Facebook, find us, we're on Instagram, find us, we're on Twitter shoot us a message right on one of our posts. This whole thing's a game. It's meant to be fun. And it's definitely much more fun when you can share the chatter, the banter, you can ask questions, you can feel like you're improving. So, feel free to reach out. Everybody who plays fantasy wants to play against other people who are engaged, who want to have fun, who want to learn. And we know different so find us on facebook and instagram at astro league podcast find a post to comment on shoot us a direct message i don't even care how you get in contact with us reach out if you have got questions you want to know anything you want some help you can also find us on twitter at astro league pod same deal shoot us a direct message comment on something that we got posted up there and help will come really i think every year that we can get new people introduced to fantasy and more people who enjoy playing it the better the community gets Now, I'm going to get out of here. I'll be back with part two fairly soon. But thank you so much for listening to part one of Fantasy Football for Beginners with us here at the Astro League. I'm your host, Maddie C. I'm going to get out of here, and I'll see you next time around. Hooroo. Play Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats. With your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Mm